0: Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, the story of the tomb babies, it was one that shocked the entire nation and it wouldn't have been revealed without the amazing work of Catherine Corliss. And she has written a memoir, Belonging. She's on the line now to tell us a bit about it. Um, good morning uh, to you, um, Catherine. How are you? Good morning, Joe. I'm doing fine, thank you. So when you were on The Late Late Show... Um, they lit a candle for um, every child, didn't they? And there were hundreds of candles outside the studios in RTE and it was an incredibly powerful symbol of everything that you have been talking about and writing about for years.
1: It was indeed, Joe, and I was very, very moved by it. It was a huge surprise. And to think that uh, RTE took on that uh, the trouble for to do all that and they even had a name on an envelope under the candles i thought it was a beautiful beautiful gesture for the babies and i do hope uh, members of the government were looking in because that's who really have the ha- have have the answer and it's only them that can move it along and get this uh, finalized and bring justice to them all
0: right just, just remind us where things stand at the moment catherine there was a commission of investigation wasn't there
1: Oh, indeed, there was, Joan. It went on for uh, uh, six years, wasn't there? Six, yeah, it was six years. It went on for it was to be three years, and they kept asking for extensions and extensions, which which we allowed them. We didn't make a fuss with the, the different groups and the survivors of the Chum Home and the other homes because we thought they were going to do an absolute excellent job and unearth all the truth that we needed. But uh, uh, as we know now, we're very, very disappointed in that final report.
0: And what do you expect to happen now? What are you hoping for next?
1: Well, as regards to there are so many different angles and so many doors opened since this story was exposed. It went into the Adoption Rights Alliance. It went into... Um, the, the the vaccine trials. It, it even went back to the Magdalene laundries again because, and it it, uh, it spoke that they were very much associated with the homes because a lot of mothers went from the homes straight into the Magdalene laundry. So it opened up quite an awful lot of doors for people. So as regards my own research, it was really focused on the burials of the tomb babies and the way they were buried. And at the moment, it has gone it's gone halfway through the um, the Oireachtas. And uh, they need a burials bill, they told us. The government insisted that they have to pass a burials bill before they can do a mass exclamation, because they never had to do it before. And it's uh, it's gone through the Cabinet, it's gone through the Orochbeth, it's on Rodrigo Corman's desk at the moment, to pass it on to the Dáil, and to pass it on to the Shannon, and to be signed by Michael D. Higgins. So you can say we're just about halfway there and having that bill passed. Right. And then, after that, they have to start making arrangements
0: to exhume the babies Okay, uh, we're chatting to Catherine Corliss about uh, her memoir Belonging it's the story of the tomb Babies of course and I remember a, at the time that you know you were raising these issues that we interviewed people um, in and around the tomb area and we know a bit about this ourselves at the local radio station for Limerick yeah. City and uh, County and really people in the area uh, not all but quite a few of them were very uncomfortable about the publicity around this weren't they?
1: Oh, absolutely, Joe. And indeed, they tried to quell the whole thing. And they thought that just by saying nothing that it might go away. And it took a long time, really, for the media to to take hold of it. Uh, it was only the uh, national media and international media, media that really brought it to the fore. Because I, I, I do believe there's uh, still a lot of people that live in the area that, um, well, they know something and they knew something at the time. And it may be a little bit of, uh, of embarrassment for themselves or for their, you know, for, for the, the, the generation before them that uh, they would prefer to keep this hidden. And as we know now, as regards the authorities and regards the Bonsecours sisters who rent the home and as regards the government, uh, everybody had connections to these homes in some way or another. And it's, it's something they didn't want to, uh, to be exposed. But, um, uh, well, now we know they have to deal with it because of all the exposure and thanks to the media and the worldwide media for keeping it alive because so, so many in authority wanted to keep it buried.
0: And Catherine, I mean, did you get approaches from anybody locally saying, oh, look, Catherine, now would you ever leave this alone? Was there any of that going on?
1: Well, uh, there, there would be, but uh, on the whole, really, a lot of people came up to me uh, when I'd be out and about in supermarkets and that, and they would gently catch me by the arm and say, "Look, well done, fair play to you, keep it going." Yet this was an atrocity. What happened? But uh, wh- wh- where the objection came from was the, uh, the higher up authorities and the church itself, who uh, and and the Bon sisters, who really and truly did their best to quell it and to, and to to keep me to keep me silent, and to keep, it it was a wall of silence really, that was, that was the worst of the, uh, uh, of the uh, obstacles that I came across because uh, people would not go to the Commission of Inquiry, people that knew, knew stuff and people who could have proven stuff and people who wouldn't give records so right. unfortunately that's where the, uh, the, that's where the obstacles really came in
0: Well shouting to Catherine Corliss and, and you're something of an accidental hero aren't you Catherine because I think this all started when you enrolled in an evening course in local history, is that right?
1: That's all I started out as to do a history course uh, to find out how to research because I had been doing a bit of family research in that because of uh, my mysterious mother who I had to do a bit of research on. And uh, um, I found her background then. And uh, then I went into local history and that turned into doing a local history course, which it was a minute history course, which was excellent. And over a year, I learned the tools and how to research, where to go for information and uh, most of all, how, how to never give up. And to to keep asking why and to keep rooting and digging. And that has stood to me, really, because most of the time I was told there's no records for that. And uh, I wouldn't take that on board. I just I I felt there had to be a record. And by going different, uh, by taking different approaches, I I, I eventually came across bits and pieces of records that I could put together. Hmm. So that's really how I worked over the
0: years. Catherine, what was the emotional impact on you as you slowly realized that this horror had taken place? Well bueno the biggest
1: shock I got and, I, and when I got over that it was no stopping me then I said I, I said this isn't about me I kind of left myself out of the picture when I, re- when I got the death certs of 796 babies children who died in the home itself and that there was no burial records and when I realised then that the bulk of them had to be on the grounds and had to be in that sewage facility I, I, I mean I, 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 there was no <laughs> I, I wasn't in the picture anymore it was just pure utter determination uh, for, to get the truth to get people to realize the truth and that that kept me going that fuels me really I, I i couldn't i i couldn't waste the energy of feeling you know of, of, of going into feeling bad about this it yeah. just has to be to get answers that was the healing yeah. for these people
0: do you think that in twenty twenty one in Ireland that something like this could ever happen
1: that it could happen again is mm-hmm. it yeah Well, sure. I mean, if that was hidden, I mean, it's very easy to go down that awful slippery slope of hiding things again and keeping things hidden. Because, I mean, this is more than getting the babies out of a horrific sewage facility. It is a message to say that this shouldn't have happened and that, you know, it won't happen again. It's a strong, clear message for anyone who would keep things hidden. And it has opened up so many, many doors for, for, you know, for people around Ireland and for survivors in particular there are so many aspects to this. So many survivors came to me that were born in the tomb home and elsewhere, in other homes, looking for information, looking for help. And uh, I, I. it has given a lot of those people a voice, a voice to be recognized and, uh, you know, to, to know it, for them to realize that this wasn't their fault. There's no shame in this. A lot of them carried shame, which was terrible, put upon them by church and religious and by the society at the time. That uh, There's no shame in this and there shouldn't be it. You were wronged. And you have a right to fight for, for justice and for recognition. So that really brought an awful lot of people out of, of their shells.
0: Right. And Catherine, I mean, what is the picture in your mind's eye, um, if and when, and I know you're um, confident that eventually it will happen, we get to the exhumation of these hundreds of babies?
1: Uh, well, uh, of course. Well, uh, you see, the survivors, uh, I, I I wasn't really fighting for that, first of all. Uh, because until I realised that a lot of survivors have family there in that grave. Their actual brothers and sisters still very much alive in the June area that, that want this horrific... They didn't know, you see, they didn't know where their little uh, brother and sister went to. They they probably assumed that they were in a, in a proper burial ground somewhere. Because, but but um, the, the thing is, uh, they want, um, at this stage now, they're hoping to get their own DNA done, to get DNA from the babies so that they can more or less repatriate their, their little brothers or sisters uh, and bury them with, the, with their mothers where they should have been buried in the first place and uh, there's all that in it and uh, hopefully that, that will happen as well before they are taken up and reinterred because I mean the the, the government promised way back well it must be two years ago now that they would take DNA samples from any survivors who wish to retrieve their, their little brother or sister and to, and to set up a, a DNA data bank which is quite very simply simple to do and uh, I think uh, they will be doing that as well hopefully uh, uh, come, come early in the new year yeah, uh, you I, know. Th- hopefully, hopefully.
0: Well, yeah, my, I'm just imagining I mean, the power of the image, as we mentioned outside the late show studios, of the candles, and, and to think yes. that you know yes. w- what's likely to be the case, and and how sensitive it'll have to be uh, to um, yeah. to exhume these bodies. You know,
1: it's of just... course it is, but it has been done in other countries, uh, Joe. No bother at all. I mean, war torn countries, out in Serbia, they exhumed so so many um, bodies and repatriated them. You know, with with their own families and. And I do remember even watching uh, Michael D Higgins on a program. He was out, out there somewhere, and he was he he was in a laboratory where they were putting little putting the remains of people back together. And he emphasised the importance of giving bodies back to their families, that there was no peace until they got their own their own family reinterred. Yeah. And uh, I mean this, what's the difference in Tume with the tune babies? There's no difference at all. Yeah, so,
0: and, uh, and indeed yeah. we know that yeah. it was done appropriately and sensitively very recently in the case of the Kerry baby don't we? That's, that's
1: right, happened, that's yeah. right. And I mean that, that little baby was newborn or a few days old and yet they were able to after 36 years or so to get, to get the DNA they needed because uh, the government brought out that uh, uh, report first to us. That was another thing to, to put us off to say that it wasn't possible to get DNA from, from babies at this stage. But of course it is. We can see now that it is because they can get it from from people thousands of years ago. I mean, it's just another example of how the government, there's no will. They just want this to go away. But uh, mm. it's it's not going to go away, Joe. Absolutely not.
0: Absolutely. And it just shows that sometimes a lone, persistent voice can make an enormous difference and that Well, absolutely. I,
1: I would yeah. like to get that message out there. Just, just you know, I I mean just it will gather momentum and if you just keep talking it will it will get out there and it will prompt people to to do the right thing all
0: right we wish you well listen thank you very much for talking to us this morning Thanks, that's a Ca- it Catherine corliss there her memoir is belonging a memoir of place beginnings and one woman's search for truth and justice for the tomb babies limerick today with joe nash on live 95